0: I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1 tonight, we'll look at verses 40 through 45, Mark chapter 1, 40 to 45, once you've located that, I'll invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And sternly he warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, stayed out in unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we come to ask You now, please, to give us eyes to see the truth. Please give us ears that we might hear the truth. God, would You see fit to talk to us tonight through the Word of God, clearly, powerfully speak, God, for Your servants are listening. Thank You for the privilege to come together and hear the Word of God. By Your Spirit, do the work of the Word in us tonight. Perform heart surgery on this people tonight. By Your Spirit, through the book. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning we talked some about kingdom priorities. And we talked about The priorities in the kingdom are prayer and preaching. That's the way the kingdom of God is advanced in the world. Through the prayers of God's people and the preaching of God's word. But that poses a question. Is that all we do? Is prayer and preaching the sum total of all the church should be concerned about? We saw this morning that when the disciples came to Jesus said, look, Lord, everybody's looking for you. He didn't want to go back to Capernaum where the people were looking for him. He wanted to move on to keep preaching. But there were probably more people to be healed and more people who wanted demons cast out and more he could have done. Was he not concerned about those people? Was he only concerned about Preaching. Were the miracles and things he did, we've already said that they were primarily to give evidence of who he was and to give them reason to listen to his words. But is that all it was? Tonight we're going to find the answer as we look at the last verses of chapter 1 of the book of Mark. We're going to pay attention tonight to two realities. First of all, we're going to notice the Lord's compassion. And then we're going to notice the Lord's concern. And what we're going to see tonight is very important as we think about ourselves as a church and ourselves as disciples of Jesus. What we're going to learn is that while it is absolutely important for us to have compassion for earthly concerns and people's earthly needs. Those needs and concerns cannot overshadow our primary concern for spiritual needs. Okay, so our priority is the kingdom. Our priority is the things of God. But that doesn't mean we don't care about spiritual needs and spiritual concerns. So tonight, that's what we're going to notice as we look together at these verses. So let's begin tonight by noticing simply this. The Lord's compassion, verses 40 to 42. A leper comes to Jesus. Um, Leprosy is not something we have in our society. It has pretty much been eradicated in the Western world. But there's some things you need to understand about this disease that made it particularly horrendous. It was a debilitating disease physically. It began small and would grow and grow and grow and would become more painful and more severe to where parts of your body would begin to rot. And your fingers would fall off and things like that. It was highly highly contagious, painful. But perhaps what is the worst part of leprosy is that it made someone both religiously and socially unclean. What that means is, they could have no contact with anyone. They had to live outside of the city. They couldn't live with their family They weren't allowed to go to the temple to worship. They had to stay away from all people. They had to wear their clothes torn. They had to have the lower half of their face covered. They weren't allowed to fix their hair. They had to leave themselves looking unkempt. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean. If if anyone came anywhere near them, they were required to keep their distance from all people. This is a disease that left them not only in great pain, but totally isolated alienated from worship, alienated from all the people of God. This man apparently has heard of the amazing miracle working power of Jesus. And he does something that he's not supposed to do. Notice what it says. Verse 40. A leper came to Jesus. This is something he wasn't supposed to do. A leper is not allowed to approach anyone. So well, how do we know he came very close? Well, in a minute Jesus touches him, so he came close enough for Jesus to touch. This is not allowed. You can't do this. Why would this man go against the laws of leprosy given in Leviticus 13 and 14? To approach Jesus, well, it's desperation. He sees this as his opportunity. He's heard about this man, Jesus. And that's when he he comes to Jesus, you can see his desperation. You see it in verse 40. Falling on his knees, he was beseeching him. Can I tell you what that means? That means he was begging. He was begging Jesus. He, He got on his face before Jesus. This is absolute humility before the Lord desperation has driven this man because he is convinced Jesus can heal him. You see what he said. Lord, you can make me clean if you're willing. He doesn't doubt Jesus' power. He's heard what Jesus has done, all the wonderful things, and he knows he can. He doesn't know if Jesus will, but he knows he can. This man is in a desperate situation. He has a condition that has left him suffering in every possible way, emotionally, relationally, physically, alienated from people, eventually nothing but a death sentence to look forward to. He comes in desperation to Jesus, ignores the rules, ignores the laws, and begins to beg Jesus, Lord, I know you have the power. If you can, you'll make me clean. Now notice what Jesus does. You see it in verse 41, moved with compassion. I, I love this. The, the word compassion, this-, this idea of compassion, it re- literally refers to something you feel down in your gut. It doesn't just say he felt sorry for him. It says he was moved with Compassion, you could translate that pity. That means he actually felt for this man. Down in his gut, Jesus felt for the genuine dilemma this man was in. Jesus understood the problem he had. Jesus was genuinely moved by this man's situation. And then Jesus did something you're not supposed to do. You see it? He reached out, his hand, and he touched him. You're not supposed to touch a leper. Why? Well, partly because you could contract leprosy, contagious. Secondly, because it would make you unclean. The leper is unclean, religiously and socially, and contact with the leper would make you unclean. You're not supposed to touch a leper. But Jesus moved with compassion. He reaches out and touches this man. Now I want you to think about something. This is probably the first human touch this man has felt in years. A, a touch of compassion. Can you imagine to have never had an affectionate, kind touch in years and someone reaches out with kindness and touches you. This man knew nothing of that. That alone communicated Jesus' compassion that he was willing to touch this man. The man said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And he said, I'm willing. Be clean. And what does it say? Notice what it says. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I want you to notice something all throughout this passage, it talks about the leprosy being cleansed. You notice it never says anything about healed. Leprosy is a disease, but it never refers to it as being healed, it always refers to it as being cleansed. In the Old Testament, it's the same way because leprosy was a picture of more than just a disease, it was a it was a good symbol of sin, because it it not only brought death, but it, it makes you unclean. So the focus is not on healing as much as it is making the person clean again. So normally when you touch someone with leprosy, you'd become instantly unclean. But that doesn't happen with Jesus. Jesus doesn't contract this man's uncleanness. This man receives Jesus' cleanness. Do you see it? Instead of, the of, instead of the uncleanness of this man passing to Jesus, Jesus' cleanness of soul and heart immediately passes to this man. And the man is instantly made clean by the touch of Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus is met with a genuine need. And He responds with great compassion. Now, this shows us proof positive that Jesus does indeed care about physical, earthly concerns. This man's dilemma was a physical dilemma. It it was a religious dilemma as well because it isolated him from the temple and worship and people, but it was an earthly dilemma. You with me? It wasn't this man's spiritual condition that Jesus fixed. It was his physical condition, his earthly circumstances moved the heart of Jesus. So when we think about disciples and Christ having the priorities of prayer and preaching because that's how the kingdom advances, that doesn't mean there's no concern for people's physical needs. Are you with me? Do this. Jesus is genuinely moved by this man's circumstances. The people He healed, He genuinely felt for their circumstances. When we talk about He has a kingdom priority, that doesn't mean He doesn't care about physical needs. Now for, for you and I as a church, that means a couple of things. As individual Christians, that means we should never hesitate to come before the Lord with our earthly concerns, with our sicknesses and our diseases and our cares. Why? because we have a lord who is genuinely moved by the cares and concerns of this earthly life that his children face you should never think that jesus does not care about your situation he does you should never hesitate to go before him with your needs and concerns and for us as a church that means, yes, our priorities are prayer and preaching, but that also means when we're confronted with genuine human need, we respond with the compassion of Jesus. You understand? Jesus is confronted with a genuine need. This is not a man who's putting on. He's not trying to milk the government. This man has a genuine need. He's in desperate circumstances. And it's a it's a life it's the basic necessity of life need you and i in the same way when people when we're confronted with people who have genuine needs food clothing shelter you know medical care the basic life needs we respond with the compassion of jesus we can't heal like jesus did but we can minister to those needs in whatever way the lord enables us to and we should So we see the Lord's compassion. We see here the importance of compassion on the part of God's people. But I want you to notice something else. I want you to notice now the Lord's concern. Jesus has compassion for this man and for his condition, but that's not his primary concern. Notice in verse 44, he tells the man to go show himself to the priests after he has been cleansed. Go show yourself to the priest. Offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, there's several reasons why this man is told to do this. You can read the regulations for le- uh, leprosy back in Leviticus 13 and 14. What you had to do if you had leprosy. There were certain rituals you had to go through in order to be reintroduced into society to be declared by the priest to be clean. So he tells him, you go do what the law says for you to do. Go to the priest. Go through the process. Right? Because this man couldn't be reintroduced into society until he went through that process. So Jesus wants him to do what the law commands so he can go back home and go back to life and go back to worship. But more than this, notice what it says. Offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, notice this, as a testimony to them. He wants this man's cleansing to be a testimony to what he can do. You catch that? He wants this man's cleansing to be proof and evidence to them that he has the power of God to make men clean. So he wants the man to be able to go back to society. He wants to show the priests that he is the true Son of God. He wants them to see his power to make people clean. But I want you to notice this. He wants them to see that he is not come to circumvent or bypass the law of Moses. You see, a lot of people accused him of wanting to do away with the law. Jesus here tells this man to obey the law. You with me? Jesus said, I haven't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. To bring it to its ultimate completion. And Jesus shows that here. He's not disregarding the law. He's doing what the law commands. And he's doing it in such a way that it would be Evidence to the priests of his power to make men clean, and it would allow this man to go back to society, back home again. Now, I want you to notice something that seems a little odd, though. Verse 44 See that you say nothing to anyone. Huh. Notice verse 43. He sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. A strong warning. Don't tell anybody. And it says he sent him away. It doesn't show it really in English, but this word sent away is the same word that's often used when Jesus would cast out a demon. It's not just saying, have a nice day, be on your way. No, he's saying, get out of here. Now, Jesus has just demonstrated such compassion to this man. Now, he's warning him, don't say a word about this to anybody but the priests and get out of here. What is that all about? I need you to understand something. Jesus knows what is going to happen if this man goes out and spreads the news and makes a big deal out of what he's done for this man, he knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Verse 45, look at it. The man did exactly what Jesus told him not to. He went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. Huh. I want you to remember something from this morning. Back in verses 38 and 39 of Mark 1. You remember what Jesus wanted to do? Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby, so that I may preach there also, for this is why I came. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. This is what Jesus is doing. He's going from town to town, from city to city, going into the synagogue, the center of Jewish religious life, so he can preach the message of the kingdom. But what's just happened? This man has made such a big deal out of what Jesus has done, that there is such an uproar about it that He can't go into the cities anymore because He gets mobbed by all the people. And because of that, He's unable to go into the synagogues and preach to the Jews gathered there for worship. Are you with me? In other words, Jesus wanted this man to be silent because He didn't want this man's healing to cause such an uproar that it would hinder His priority of going into the synagogues and preaching the Gospel. But that's what happened. Now notice it said in verse 45, the people were still coming to Him from everywhere. But they weren't coming to Him to hear Him preach. They were coming for the show. Hey, show us these things that you're doing. Are you with me? that's why when Jesus told this man, He warned him, don't talk about this. Now get out of here. In other words, if you read Matthew and Luke, you'll see when this man came to Jesus, there was a crowd around. And He's telling this man, get out of here before you cause a scene. Right? Before this blows up to be a big deal, I need you to go on your way and go to the priests. I don't want this to blow up and keep me from being able to go into towns and preach. Which is what ultimately happened. What is all this saying to us? What it's telling us is that Jesus was compassionate for this man. He was deeply moved by this man's circumstances. But that didn't change the fact that his priority was the message of the gospel. You understand? He did care about this man's condition, but he was more concerned about preaching the gospel of salvation because listen, that's people's greatest need. What you need more than being healed from the flu is to be healed from the sickness of your sin. What you need more than being cleansed from leprosy is being cleansed of your sin and Jesus knew that. Jesus does care about the concerns of of our earthly life and situation. But His greatest concern is for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. His greatest concern and His mission is to preach the gospel. Yes, He's moved for their situation. But that can never overshadow His primary reason for coming. That's to bring redemption. Not just to fix our earthly circumstances. His primary concern was the gospel, calling people to faith and repentance. There's a story in Acts that illustrates this perfectly. In Acts chapter 6, the church was increasing. The church was blowing up after Pentecost. In Jerusalem, the church was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And a problem started to kind of happen there. You see, they were feeding the widows who had no one to care for them. Those widows who truly were helpless. They had set up a system to feed them each day. Well, it turns out some of the Greek widows, some of the widows with a Greek background, Hellenistic Jews, Jewish women with a Greek background, some of them were getting neglected in the daily service. And there began to be a complaint. And this complaint came to the apostles. And the apostles knew they had to do something. This is the passage where we see the calling of the first deacons. You remember what Peter said? At this time, while the disciples were increasing, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews "...against the native Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, "...it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer... And the ministry of the word. What's happening here? Peter says. It is right for us to care for these widows. Some of them are being neglected and we got to fix that. But we have to do it in such a way. That the praying and preaching remain first place. We can't. Take the men who are given to prayer and preaching away from prayer and preaching to feed lunch to the widows. There are other people that can do that. What's the point? The point, Peter, is we got to keep the main thing the main thing. You with me? Listen to me. It's important that we as Christians do whatever good we can in the name of Jesus when we're confronted with genuine need, we should take action. And in a little bit, I'm going to share something with you, an opportunity for you to help in a need in just such a way. But we got to remember, our primary calling, listen to me, our primary calling as a church is not to do good and help people. Our primary calling is to make disciples. You understand? Listen, Christians ought to be people who do good. Where do you think hospitals started in the world? They were, began by Christians. Where do you think orphanages began in the world? They started appearing because Christians were doing the work of orphan ministry. Christians have been known throughout history for the great good they've done in the world. And we should be known for that. We should do as much good as anybody. More. More. But we cannot become a charity organization. You understand? That's not what we're about. We're about the gospel. That has to remain priority. We can give ourselves to helping those in need, but we have to do it in such a way that prayer and preaching remain the priority of what we do. And this is an important message after this morning because we don't want to get the idea that we don't care about human need. All we care about is having church. That's not it at all. But our mission is to advance the cause of Christ in the world and that's going to happen by prayer and preaching. And while we're on this earth, we ought to do all the good we can. Amen? We ought to help folk. People who are in genuine need. but we have to maintain the priority of the gospel. Here's what I want you to see. Here's how I might summarize the message. Christian compassion responds to earthly needs, but prioritizes spiritual needs. I want to say that again. Christian compassion responds to earthly needs, but prioritizes spiritual needs. That's exactly what we see from Jesus in this passage. He was very concerned with this man's physical need, but we see that his ultimate concern was the mission. He wanted to meet this man's need, but he wanted to do it in a way that would help and not hinder his mission. So that's the word for you and I. Let's be a people who have the compassion of Jesus. Let's be a people who see genuine need and respond to it with the compassion of Jesus. But let's never forget that our priority as disciples, as the church of the living God, is helping men and women and boys and girls to know who Christ is and to find salvation in Him.